0: Thank you so much, Furman FCA, for having me. My name is Shanda Bell. I am T-Bell's mom. I guess that makes me C-Bell. Um, I'm just thrilled, honestly thrilled to be here. Um, I heard about Furman's FCA before we ever stepped foot on the campus when they were kind of recruiting Taylor to come, I, I don't know, we went to some restaurant to meet a recruiter somewhere. and. I said, you know, what faith-based organizations do they have on campus? And FCA was the first thing they said. And then every person we asked after that, it was FCA, FCA, FCA. And so it is my absolute honor and privilege to be here, um, especially during this time. It is an honor to see so many familiar faces. I see some of my football football boys in here. Um, Thank you for coming. I know this has been a really difficult week I know there are some members of the football team who said this is the only meeting (laughs) they've ever been to. They came to support me and I appreciate that. Um, When I accepted this opportunity um, a month ago, I had no idea what I would be walking into. Um, I know hearts are heavy in this room. This is not exactly the right time and place for the woman who like peddles Christmas cheer and elves to come in and tell you about her entrepreneurial journey. Um, I got this, this ask to come and then I got this horrible news on Friday. And, you know, I was just in shock as probably all of you were. And then I thought to myself for a quick, quick second, like I'm the FCA speaker on Tuesday. And I I had absolute panic because this is not what I do, y'all. I'm behind a computer. I tell stories for a living. I work for Santa Claus. I do not come in and counsel like grieving college students. That is not what I know and it's not what I do. But I really felt like in my inadequacy, God was telling me like a gentle nudge from the Holy Spirit, that still small voice that you get inside. And this is the verse that came to me. It's 2 Corinthians one four. He, God, comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled. We will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. And it was in that moment I was reminded I am a spirit-filled child of God and I wear lots of hats. I'm a wife. I'm a daughter. I am a carpool specialist. I'm a dog trainer sometimes. I am a nurse. I'm a therapist. I'm whatever my kids and my family need me to be. I run a company with 115 employees. I work for Santa Claus. He is my boss. Um, But then what struck me was, I'm a mom. And I'm a mom of a Furman football player. And I think that put me in a very unique position to talk to you guys tonight. I'm a mom who will sit with you and just love you. A mom who says I'm here and I'm listening. A mom who opens up her arms and gives you a great big mom hug. You'll know the kind I mean. The kind that just make you feel better. So I am ready after this. If you need a great big mom hug, I'm your mom. I'm the one tonight. I nominate myself, been doing my hugging exercises, got some practice on Evan and Lex a little earlier, made them bring it in for the big hug. Evan's a little like light tapper, you know. (laughs) Evan, we're gonna have to work on your hug etiquette. I got good love from Lex and Kelton and Taylor and Ty. So I am here, guys, tonight I am just here as a mom. And hopefully I can make everything just a little better. I'm a mom that after she sits with you and tucks you in bed, she maybe told you a story. She reads the room and then she feels like maybe when it's time she'll share some of her own life experience with you because that's what a mom does. Because as a mom, we listen when you tell us about your hurts, your hardships, your hang-ups. And then we reach into our little Mary Poppins bag of mom tricks with a lifetime full of experience. And we try to pull out just the right piece of knowledge or wisdom or advice that you need for any given time. Something that can offer hope and healing. And that is what I'm going to try to do tonight, if you'll let me. So I'm not the Mary Poppins with a spoonful of sugar, but hopefully I've got some experience in my little bag that will serve your hearts tonight. So I hope you'll let me mom you. I brought cookies as every good mom would do on the eve of Valentine's Day, so you eat yourself a cookie, mom said so, okay, and just let me love on you a little bit. Let me pull from my life story to share a message and a few tips that will offer you whatever it is you came here to find. And maybe, maybe you'll glimpse a little fruit of his spirit, his love, his joy, his peace in this very difficult time. Maybe I can offer you a little comfort, a path forward as you process the death of your classmate, your teammate, your dorm mate, your table mate, Maybe he was just an acquaintance. This is a small campus. And what struck me was it's very likely that you didn't know him at all, but you know, someone who knew him. And in that case, especially as a Christian, you have empathy and you have sympathy and you're going to comfort those that need comforting. So I thought, tried to think about what you might want to hear from me tonight. Again, your most unlikely speaker. Um, and I put myself in your shoes and I imagine many of you have one question that has been on your mind continu- continually. And as I have been on this campus the last, I don't know, six hours since I got here, I've actually heard this question time and time again. And I feel like God was just speaking to me and understanding that your question would be Why? I think the first and most natural thing we ask after something like this happens is why? Especially as we struggle to find any sort of meaning in the aftermath of a moment like this. And honestly, y'all, why is a perfectly good question. You may not know this, but why is even a biblical question. So we have Job. This is my little AI rendering of Job, by the way. I was really proud of myself because I'm just learning that. Job was a righteous man who faced immense suffering and loss. He lost his entire family, all of his wealth, everything he had, everything he owned. Um, And like any of us, Job repeatedly asked God why in the face of his suffering and his trials. For example, in Job 3.11, he actually asks, why did I not perish at birth and die as I came from the womb? The guy is asking God why, and he's literally like, why did you ever even let me be born? He wanted to die. Then there's King David. That's him right there. It's really good, right? (laughs) Then there's King David. You may know the story of David and Goliath. That's the one most people are familiar with. But David actually grows up to become the king of Israel. And he is called a man after God's own heart. And as King David, he wrote most of the Psalms. And in the Psalms, David cries out multiple times. Why? Why? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? Then there's the prophet Jeremiah. Y'all can guess which one he is. The prophet Jeremiah asks regarding the suffering of the people, you are always righteous, Lord, when I bring a case before you. I think of Jeremiah almost like, I don't know, and for some reason in my mind he's like British in a courtroom with a wig on. I don't know why. I think it's because he says things like, I bring a case before you. Yet I would speak with you about your justice. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why do all the faithless live at ease? And then finally, there's Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. And even on the cross, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So even Jesus asks us, why? Why is actually a common theme throughout scripture when we're faced with suffering injustice, the mysteries of god's way we all ask why i've asked why it was the day after my 40th birthday i was a hair over 39 when my dad died suddenly of a pulmonary embolism now he wasn't just any dad He was like the best dad. He was my dad. He was funny. He was kind. He spoiled his grandkids rotten. My husband called it, you know, before your dad became a marshmallow because he was so sweet to them. He loves Jesus. He loved other people to a fault. My dad was famous for his practical jokes. So one time he spent an entire week. I have a twin sister and she's right here. And one time, he spent an entire week setting up a practical joke on my sister, and told her that there was a terrorist who was attacking people. But um, there was like some sign that he would use like a red laser, and that was all they saw right before he attacked them. So my dad literally sold this story. This was before social media. Sells this story for a week to my sister, who is prone to jump scares. And sure enough, my dad comes home. We had these great big windows in the back of our house. And my dad sees that my sister is in the kitchen by herself. So my dad, we have five acres, all wooden. My dad sneaks behind a tree and literally takes his little razor from his pen or something and into the kitchen. And my sister watches it literally come across the cabinets and land on her. She screams bloody murder straight down to the floor on all fours, starts crawling. <laughs> My dad can see all of this happen and he is rolling. When he finally has pity on her and comes into the house, he can't even breathe, he's laughing so hard. Y'all, he pl- what kind of menace plans this for a week? I mean, that's like, like some sort of evil or something. Um, so I can still remember his chuckle when he came in. He's actually the reason you would have ever had an Elf on the Shelf. Yes, I wrote it with my mom and my sister, but because nobody would publish the book, we had to publish it ourselves. And at the time, I was absolutely broke, and I do mean broke. My husband and I were both school teachers. I stayed home when I had that little guy over there, and we had, like, no money. We couldn't even eat. And so my dad was nice enough to give me a job. I made $180 every two weeks, and I thought I was rich when I got that $180. So he brings us, us, us into his small engineering and fabrication shop, and y'all, that's where the magic began. We had one computer, one phone. It was me, my sister, my mom, all huddled around it, trying to get anybody to listen to whatever this elf in a box was. He let us use the guys in his fab shop to help ship boxes so that all of you could enjoy that. He wasn't a great businessman. He worked really hard, but he was easily taken advantage of because he was just so nice. He believed everybody's story. Um, He loved his family fiercely, and he did his best to provide for us. So when my dad died, my world was shattered. He was supposed to live in his 90s like my other grandparents had done, and he was only 64. So after mourning for months, my only solace in knowing that he was a child of God, I came upon this Bible story that I want to share with you today because it helped me process my grief in a new way. The story is in John chapter 9, and Jesus and his disciples run across a man who has been blind from birth. He, Jesus, went along. He saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. So here we have the disciples asking why, and Jesus answers them before he goes on to heal the man. Jesus could have just said, God's will, and that would have been a sufficient answer for why. But Jesus took it a step further and told them what for. Not just why, but what for. Jesus explains it so that the works of God might be displayed in him, in the blind man. For me, that moment was so profound. It was as if Jesus knew we were going to ask why. Like children, you know how you're why, 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 why? Especially when you guys become parents, you literally can't take the question anymore. Why, mom? Why, mom? Why, mom? Why, mom? Until your mom finally says, or your dad finally says, because I said so. It's because you can't take it anymore. And that sometimes the why is just terribly unsatisfying. Sometimes the why does not make sense. Sometimes the why. Doesn't help you feel any better. Because we as humans cannot understand God's ways. And sometimes the why is as simple as that. But I think there's the what for to be excited about. This was a man who had been blind since birth. Imagine the hardships for just a second of someone who was born blind 2,000 years ago. He had to beg every day at the gates just to survive. And we know this because in verse 8, it tells us that once he was healed, his neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Don't you know his family? And he himself asked God why a lot. A why that went unanswered for years. We don't know how long, how old he was when he finally met Jesus. And then when the answer came so that the works of God might be displayed in him, this man, an ordinary man, was about to be the center of a miracle. A miracle that caused many to believe in Jesus. This guy was chosen like Moses or Abraham or Mary, the mother of Jesus. Or Simon, who carried the cross for Jesus. The blind man had a huge purpose. A mission that would be far larger than he could have ever imagined. And it came out of his lifetime of suffering and tragedy. I think by Jesus moving to the posture of the conversation to what for instead of just why this had happened to this man. The entire scene laid out before us turned into action steps. Jesus went on and healed the man. And the man then went on to testify about it. He went to the Pharisees and then they made a bigger deal out of it. All the townspeople were talking about it, the neighbors were talking about it. It really didn't matter at that point so much about the why. What mattered was the what for so that God could receive glory in that moment. What for shifts our focus from why, which may or may not have an answer other than to glorify God, and we have to be willing to accept that. What for, though, can give our tragedy and our difficulty purpose, even when we don't understand it. What for takes the moment from a self-focused pondering of why to an action focus that makes the moment count. When my dad died, I felt robbed by how long I got to keep him on this earth. But once I dealt with the fact that there is a why, even if I don't understand it, and moved my heart and mind to what for, I began to ask questions that led to movement. Questions that made this tragedy count by spurring me towards actions. If I could ask what for, then I could imagine the possibilities that could come from honoring my dad's life and legacy. Asking what for, let me imagine what possible good could come from this that I could directly influence. Most people do not know this, so I'm about to tell you something that people even that work in my company do not know. And of course, who's ever watching on streaming will now know. But when my dad died, there came a real moment. Like, I didn't know who I was anymore. Y'all, my dad was so influential in the start of our company, he made himself business cards. He made himself business cards and he called himself the HFO and he gave them out to people, and nobody asked any questions. You know what that stood for? Husband and father of the owners. And people just took it, and he walked around the office, and he's like, hi, I'm the HFO. It's nice to meet you, Bob Eversold, HFO. Nice to meet you. So when he dies, it's like, what do we do? So I could ask why all I wanted to, and my dad did know and love Jesus. But when I got to what for? I found purpose to make meaning out of his death and that kept us actually from not shutting the company down because at that point you're like what do we do do we sell it I got an elf in a box since that day 10 years ago I have put out animated specials more books than I can count we just keep on checking but it came out of that moment where we had to sort of come face to face with all right what now and it was in the what for, because my dad was my world. It was in the what for that I found purpose. And I hope that you can do the same. I believe Bryce was choosing, chosen for an amazing what for. Just like the man who was, was born blind. We all are. His just came earlier than each of ours because we are each appointed a time to die. Now, I did not know Bryce, but I spent several hours reading about him. I read your social posts. I read his social posts. I read his obituaries, the words of teachers and coaches and teammates and friends. And I feel confident saying that if anyone would have demanded an actionable what for, it was this young man. He would look at you and say, stop asking why and make my life's body of work count. Ask yourself, what for? What for? So you would be sitting in this room right now hearing about Jesus? What for? You're having conversations that you would not have if it had been you and not Bryce. You are having conversations because Bryce left us, that can be a very, very positive what for. What for? So you might meet someone you didn't know before through your association with Bryce that changes maybe you or the world for the better. What for? You start reading to children at the pediatric hospital like he did? What for? You take stock of your own life and chart an intentional path that considers what you want to be remembered for. For some of you, this is the first time you've ever lost anyone close to you. And by the way, you are really blessed if that is the case. What for? Maybe it's because you're seeing one the impact one life can have on those around them. And maybe instead of hating your own life or wishing you had the life of someone else, you get serious and intentional about your life. What for could make the loss of Bryce on this earth mean something? And as your mom for the night, I want you to to leave here with a different perspective than when you came in. Be purpose driven in this time of loss with a mindset shift that asks what for instead of why. Because why will only get you so far. And by the way, you can use what for for anything that's not going your way. I didn't get into grad school I wanted to, what for? What's the biggest purpose? Why might get you closure, but what does it really do to honor Bryce? Where in your what for can you be uncommon, elite, award-winning, an exceptional role model, a volunteer? These were the words that came up time and time and time again when I read about Bryce. Everyone always says at a time like this, I just wish there was something I can do. Well, there is, ask what for. Consider what that means for you personally and then act. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off, grieve, it's important. Mourn and remember, but then do. Jesus healed the blind man. He didn't just answer the why of the disciples and walk away. He didn't say, because I knew you would ask me about this one day. No, he got to work. He healed the man, and we need to do the same thing too. Now finally, as your mom for the night, again, hugs available afterwards, I can't leave without perhaps addressing some of the other questions you might have come in here with tonight. You may have come with questions that go way beyond the why of Bryce, but are far more about peace, eternal life, and even the state of your own soul. For those questions, I have one answer. Jesus. He is the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. In him we find peace. In him we find security. In him is eternal security for your soul. He has overcome the world and all of its trouble and sorrow. And if you want to know more about knowing him, a personal relationship with him, not just an ethereal belief in God or in a God, then let me answer that for you tonight. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There is only one way to bridge the gap between the death of our souls and eternal life, and that is through Jesus. He offers himself as a free gift to all who believe. He says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if that is what you came here for, it's that simple. I can pray with you now. And if you want to know more about how to walk with God, Um, Find an FCA leadership team member. I know we're going to sing some song or one more song, I think I heard, if that's the case. Um, But don't leave here with a heavy heart. Leave here tonight changed. Either as a new believer and a child of God, or a current believer who already has a personal relationship with Jesus, who is ready to act by asking what for. because it will be your job as a believer to comfort others just as God gives you comfort. And when you have a personal relationship with him, you have a comfort other people don't have. I heard so many of you tell me earlier, I I, I just have such a peace. I'm in a good place. You need to share that comfort with other people. Let this campus and community See the change from the inside out. I am so proud to watch young people like yourselves pull together the way you have and comfort one another. It is a rare thing to see in this time. And when you watch the news, it's they, everybody's they, everybody's someone else, right? They did this and they did that. No, we're all neighbors and family and friends. And you guys have shown real love for one another and the world is watching you. Bryce's death was on the Today Show. If you Google it, you'll find it everywhere. I got more texts about Bryce and I never had the pleasure, but I got texts, I'm I'm originally from where he's from. People I hadn't spoken to in 30 years were reaching out to me. His life had an impact and people are watching you guys and the way you're there for each other and the way you're comforting one another but leave here and don't just ask why ask what for let's pray dear heavenly father i thank you so much for this opportunity to come here tonight and just be a mom to love these children these young adults father i thank you for what you're doing in their lives And God, we just commit this entire situation, this tragedy to you, Father. We thank you that they are going to rise up and they're going to ask what for and they're going to affect change in big ways that Bryce would be so proud of. God, we pray for his family. We pray for a peace, the peace and comfort, Father, that only comes from you. God, I thank you for this opportunity to speak to this group of young people. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen.